part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. So, Carl, welcome to the table. If you think, wow, the podcast sounds really great today. There's, what's going on? It's because Cammy set it up for us, mm-hmm. and she did an excellent job. I showed her how to put all this equipment together one time, one time, and she nailed it right out of the gate. All the things are plugged in correctly, everything, even, even the, the right, colors. Yeah, even the right microphone colors. The colors are right. Correspond with the appropriate little bar i know i don't always get that right sometimes i get the colors in the wrong another high five i already gave her one high five but this is a two high fiver job that she did uh we're getting ready to oh we're thinking about going to the flf conference if you don't have your tickets come on why I mean, it's almost too late for you we kind of don't even want you to be there at this point. <laughs> Don't say that. If we don't mean enough to you to have don't gotten your tickets that. by now, just forget it. We're just disappointed that forget it's taken you this it. long to make up your mind. I don't want to write you off, but uh, I'm a little <laughs> That's more, more of a mom thing. I'm a little a more wife patient, thing. forgiving. Women are the ones who are like, well, fine. Fine. If, we don't even want you there. If no, you don't I want date want night, there. then we just won't have one. I still... <laughs> I still want you there. I'm not willing to th- to completely. You're not dead to me yet, but How my long, where, goodness, what is your line? Where do you draw the line? Uh, at the conference, they can actually walk in. Yeah, on the you day can actually of. walk in the day of, Ugh. and I'll still be happy with you. You're so gracious. I know, but uh, don't just don't expect this from the peaches. Just she's, don't expect us to be. Don't expect a smile or a thank she, you. Well, I'll be nice. I'll be gracious and happy that you're that you finally decided to do what was right, <laughs> but. Uh, just don't expect that from the peaches. She's going to give you the I'll cold shoulders. No, I'll talk to you on Saturday. <laughs> you come in on Thursday night. I'll talk to you Saturday. It's going to take a couple of days for her to warm up to your presence. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be, it's so good to be together and we sing and we uh, we fellowship. There'll be some board games. Uh, I, I guess that's the plan, right? Yeah. At our, at our place. Yeah, I got a booth, and uh, we're going to... S- and you ordered a banner. Uh-huh, Look I have a banner. for us under the banner. Look for the Comedian Next Door banner. Uh, it'll be a bright, shiny... Uh, I don't know how shiny it'll be, but it'll be... <laughs> it'll be bright. <laughs> okay, go bro- go wash your hands then. He's so cute. <laughs> he really is. He's so Silas just walked by, and we both turned to look at him. He looked back at us and then just grinned and waved at us. For like a solid couple of seconds, he yeah. just stared back and then he was like, <laughs> well, He was he's such a good boy. They've been told that uh, while we're podcasting, they need to be quiet. And so he was quiet. Yeah. He, he was not intentionally. He opened the bathroom door and it banged against the table. Yeah. I'm, sure you, I'm sure you've heard that. That happened. But that wasn't intentional. And it wasn't the direct result of being deliberately uh 
noisy. Anyway, so get your get your tickets and come and join us at the conference in Knoxville. In uh, it's coming up like in a couple of weeks, like mm-hmm. three weeks or something like that. Well, if September goes like August did, it's like tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna so. it's gonna be here before you know it. And again, I'm gonna be happy that you're there, even if you decide to come late. But if you want to be, you know, on the peaches good side. And it's actually harder to get on her good side than it is to get on my good side. You should get your tickets right now. Plus, I'm grouchy. I'm, I have been back to my old cantankerous ways these last. Really, like, in a way, that kind of makes me happy because yeah. I was worried about you when you weren't cranky and cantankerous. I don't. But now that you're back to being belligerent, I'm happy with my better. balance now. As far as like social media, I'm not on it very much. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. But I get on. Still, probably every day. I, you're I in the look, Telegram group more than you're on social media. Right. So right. we interact with our comedy our clickers more than tribe. we do. Yeah, but I do still get on Facebook every day because I look at the memories. I look at old pictures and videos mm-hmm. and things. And so you can't that's help. A good, that's a good thing. Well, Facebook is a good thing for that. You can't help but see other things that, like, I can't. You can't turn off the news feed, and so there it is. Well, that's by design. That's why they give you those memories, right. so you'll come onto the platform and, and see what they want you to things. see. They want you to see that you know this week. Um, where did I? Oh, Donald Trump is still alive. No, this bum, week bum, 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 bum. the scuttlebutt is the season premiere, possibly, probably the final season premiere of Sister Wives which was a thing I used to watch a reality show about mm-hmm. a polygamist. That's the dude who kind of looks like Tim Hawkins. Yes, it is the dude who looks like Tim Hawkins. Uh, Tim Hawkins looks like a cross between Cody Brown, which is the polygamist, uh-huh. and um, the the country singer from Florida Georgia Line. Like there's a, you'll know which one. There's two of them but in that group. Yeah, you're pro- I'm sure you're right. But if you go just... look it up, you'll know. You'll be like, oh yeah, that one, that one yeah, looks they, like Tim. looks like Tim Hawkins. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but, but the whole, the whole scuttlebutt is that one of the dude's wives left. There were really? four of them and one of them has since separated from him. I thought that was verboten in a polygamy relationship. I thought that, that they would leave. Yeah. Because I thought that that was kind of the whole point. Well, it's also, just, they're also supposed to rather be, than get upset. You just bring another person in and then they're supposed to be Orthodox Mormons and mm. they're not supposed to believe in homosexuality either, but the oldest daughter of one of the wives, the only daughter, one of the wives, now is identifying as trans after she got engaged to another woman like two or three years ago. So hmm. they started making they started making exceptions so why for their this, own children a long time ago. I see. So why is this uh, shutting down? It sounds like there's plenty of scandal to do another season or two. Well, I guess I I don't know. It may not be shutting down. I just figured that like if all the wives leave, there goes the. <laughs> There goes the original hook. Yeah, well, they, how many wives are left after well, leaves? Well, really, the only one who has a good relationship with them, according to the gossip rags, is the fourth one, the mm-hmm. last, the most recent one. Because they're still in the honeymoon season. Right, because they've been married for, <laughs> you know, six or seven years, so <laughs> so they're uh-huh. doing better than the one the, the one When that you got that left, many wives, you're always in the honeymoon season with somebody. And the one who just left was like 27 years, like 27 years together with him. So wow. It's a long wow. time. But I, I don't even think I want to talk about this for very long, except well, you brought it up. Segue. But, but um, as I saw that and just immediately went back to my old frame of mind. Like I don't, it's it's like it immediately all Your came old back. Snarky. To me. 
where I was like, oh, nothing has changed. Like in some ways it feels like everything has changed for me. And like, I've got a new lease on life and my, you know, my- I've got my social media balance. My philosophy perfectly. of homeschooling is more dialed in. And I think that, you know, my husband and I are in a really good place and all this stuff. Yep. Um, and then I show up to social media for literally 10 seconds and it's like, <laughs> oh, and, and this feminist- Polygamy woman is now like has dragged me back into my old frame of mind. It's everything that every woman who's going through a divorce in America is saying and complaining about now. Right. The difference is that she was a polygamist. She's one of four. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this is why polygamy is a bad idea, and it's not even because the Bible prohibits it. Polygamy is a bad idea for the same reason that traditional marriage is a bad idea. (laughs) Because men can't figure out how to restrain their one rebellious wife, and this dude has four of them. Right. Like we have a problem. I had a guy. There was a stand-up comic years ago who was had a bit about that, but uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. polygamy, but it was mistresses. Mm-hmm. And he was, I don't even remember who he was talking about, but he this person was in trouble because they had a mistress. And he goes, man, what's going on with these guys? Where it's like, I'm, I'm not happy at home. I've got this insane woman who doesn't understand me. It's giving me a hard time. I know what I need. Another insane woman. Right. And it always got a big laugh, but I thought that's pretty that's insightful. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, essentially, from what I gather, and I didn't take the time to gather much, but from what I gather, this wife is mad. Her name is Christine. And she feels like his conditions for their having a good relationship were ridiculous. She kept saying, ridiculous, ridiculous. This he, is after 27 years, right? He expects me to, he has a condition for our relationship, our, our marriage, that's contingent on me getting along with other members of the family. (laughs) Specifically, she says the fourth wife. And she's jealous and she's mad because she thinks they have a better relationship than the one that she has with them. But he basically says... But I thought the the polygamists, all of them talk about how this doesn't happen. You know, we're accusing the people from outside of the polyamorous relationship, accuse them of, well, what about jealousy? What about backbiting? What about all that? Oh, we never do that. No, but you're confusing polygamists with polyamory. And that's not the same thing it's not no that polyamory is basically atheists atheists participate in polyamory polygamy has a religious bent and so the whole reason that polyamory is now a thing that people are even trying or interested in is because it's really cool to be non-religious the reason people are rooting for the browns to fail is because they claimed that they were different as far as they were religious it was part of their belief system they were being persecuted in utah because and they had to move to arizona because the laws were discriminatory against their religion, saying that you couldn't have more than one wife, and you can't. You can't legally um, have be married to more than one person, according but to the you government. Can in Arizona, no, it didn't ever really make sense that they would that they would move to a different state, which also does not <laughs> allow the same, the same restrictions. He's only legally married to one of them, and then spiritually married to the other three, uh-huh. and so that's how they've always done it. But, but my. My point was... Oh, I feel like I want a rabbit trail now, but go ahead. Yes. My point was that, of course, of course, there are going to be um, differences of opinion amongst people outside of just the married couple. Sure. Like, there's going to be kids who turn gay and, you know, they want you to now change all of your religious beliefs for right. them. And they did, apparently. Yeah. Um, there's going to be wives that have differences of... Wives have differences of opinions and have to figure out how to still exist in a community together but he's saying the husband is saying how you treat other people 
actually does impact my attraction to you. Like I actually am not as attracted to you when When you're a jerk. When you treat your other wives like badly. Yes, and she cannot deal with that. She's mad and admitting that that that's what he's saying. Very honest. She says that that's just ridiculous. And (laughs) yeah, like she's sputtering mad that that he would even have the gall to say something like that. The gall to say a thing like that. Yeah. And I'm like, how I treat other people affects my attraction for you. Well, that's, that's all, it's almost doesn't even need to be said. It's, it's a thing no, that lays just on the surface of common sense. It definitely shouldn't be said in a matriarchy because feminists are all about the whole, if you can't take me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Right. And so it's all about how bad can I behave and still demand that you find me attractive? Like how bad can I, oh, I see. how much can I be a just despicable human being <laughs> how long can i let my armpit hair grow right. and what color can i dye it and have and you still be the bad insist? guy because you don't like it and you actually are honest about the fact i don't, that you don't like, like it that. i don't like when we get close that i'm tangled up in your armpit hair but of course if the roles were reversed if it was the woman who was saying i'm sorry but every time we go out in public you're really rude to the waitress and every time we're in a taxi cab you swear at the driver and it's embarrassing and to it's me. embarrassing to me and I'm, I'm not attracted to a man who's so rude to other people right if, if that's the legitimate woman said that then everybody would go yeah i mean that totally makes sense well but, she's describing toxic masculinity right, right. He, and he needs to curb that because it's it's right. damaging their relationship his behavior is damaging their relationship right. basically no matter what the guy does it damages the relationship and no matter what the women do toxic female toxic femininity right here on display and nobody seems to notice it. All of the fans of the show are like, you go, Christine. It's about time. You should have been. You should have left that guy on the curb a long time <laughs> People ago. People are so dumb. They, they totally are. <laughs> it's polygamy. And they're yeah. like, you know what you're doing. You're doing the right thing. It's like, shut up. Everybody shut up. The whole thing <laughs> is stupid. The whole arrangement is dumb and stupid. Right. Well, mostly because... Nobody's right. Things have changed a lot since uh, since social media even became a thing. And if you thought men had a hard time, like, weathering the storms of their wives' emotions before... <laughs> and they did. Now you've got four wives in the mix. And I saw a post. social media. I saw a post the other day, made me laugh, that was just this old guy sitting in a fishing boat. Yeah. <laughs> He was yeah. just sitting there, and he had like his fishing gear on, and he was looking at the camera. This old, heavy-set guy wasn't smiling. He was just kind of sitting there like a lump. Uh-huh. And he's got a fishing pole in his hand, and it says, if your wife is mad at you, buy a new fishing pole. Mm-hmm. She'll still be mad, but you'll have a new fishing pole. There you go. <laughs> this is the kind of wisdom that used to be passed around <laughs> it's, yeah, but this more is, often. <laughs> you were talking about how... Social media has changed everything. Yeah, I mean, that used to be standard operating procedure. My wife's mad at me. Oh, okay, well, what are you going to do? Just get a fishing pole to go fishing. She'll get over it. Mm-hmm. I'll come home later, and she'll be in a different mood. Well, she would get over it if she had at least one other woman in her vicinity who could tell her, this is not that big of a deal, and you need to get over it. Mm-hmm. But Well, we now it's offensive now. to tell somebody that right. it's not a big deal. Now you're diminishing their feelings and you're denying their truth. That's the other thing. I just shared a, I don't even know if you've seen this yet, because I shared on Telegram a post that got shared that I saw on social media when I was on there for 10 seconds. Uh And it's, it's not the only one of its kind that I've seen recently. So let's just put a, 
Let's put a pin in this for Carl so that Carl can notice. He can tell me if he notices a similar trend. Like, okay. I think this is a thing that's starting to, to crop up more and more. Not totally sure, but peaches. here's what I think. Here's the peaches theory about. I think that women went from, you know, a hundred years ago, expecting their husbands to read their minds, you know, demanding that the husband will plan the dates. He'll just know where to take her. He'll know what to get for her birthday, for Christmas and, all, and anniversary. He's got a in-tuned spiritual connection with her. If he loves her. That transcends right. explanation. Right. He just loves her so if much. If he loves her, he'll be able to do that without her having to say anything. Right. Because she's so... She's so put upon and she has such a, she has so many struggles in her daily life that it's just too much to also expect her to communicate. To explain to her husband what's what wrong. What she wants and why she's upset. Yeah. It's especially difficult because she doesn't herself know what's well, wrong. No, so. no, no, no. Nope. <laughs> so it's a real burden. That's not it. It's not because she doesn't know herself. It's because he doesn't love her enough. To, so, to be able to explain it to her. That was the narrative for a long time. And that was a joke, really, like culturally. Even the women would sometimes admit, yeah, I expect him to be a mind reader. It's not very fair. Well, now we've upped the ante. Now we expect our girlfriends and our neighbors and the people at church and our pastors and our counselors and everyone to also read our minds as an act of love. And I will demonstrate this. I will think so. So now everybody is supposed to know how well, we feel. Well, if you love them, yeah. If, you, if love is defined as being able to read another person's mind, then yes, it makes sense that anybody else who loves you, like a husband is supposed to love you, but he's not the only one. Your kids should is also this, love is you. Is this the reason that empaths are so proud of themselves? Mm -hmm. Because they, they're constantly posting on social media how hard it is to be them because they're feeling everything that yeah. everybody else is feeling around them? Well, so... This is, an, this is an example. So be on the lookout for posts like this. You'll see more and more. Be I on think. the lookout. Be on the alert. This says. The following post. She brought me a toothbrush and a clean pair of yoga pants and underwear. She didn't ask if I needed undies before packing a bag and schlepping across town to hug her friend at the hospital. Her friend is the narrator of this post, by the oh, way. Sometimes it's confusing. I that out. I'm, because, I'm pretty dumb, but I figured that but, out. But influencers on social media love this whole like third she, person referring to she themselves. She had no idea what her friend was going to do. <laughs> they like they think it's artistic, I think. It's like super interesting when they write like this. Anyway, obviously, <laughs> obviously it says He already knew what was going on, <laughs> even though she Felt the need to explain it to him. Obviously, do you need some underwear can be an awkward question no matter how close you may be. <laughs> so instead, she walked around her own quiet house at dawn, asking herself, what might someone wish for after two all-nighters in the hospital? This is how you do love. Underwear. That's just what it is. Do you need some underwear is an awkward question, and no matter your level of relief. By the way, that was like, I don't know how many words that was. That was two paragraphs. The, the thing, the post goes on another, like, 15 paragraphs. This is how you do love. Yeah, the whole theme is this is how you do love. This is how you do love. Um, some more. Do these the people ever stop to, to ponder the fact that they are never the ones that are taking underwear to other people? Or do you think she no, does take underwear to other people? I think she does. I think she's trying to live consistently in this worldview, which says that love is, love is reading other people's minds. Right. But... Um, but yeah, more than that, I think they're just trying to get a lot of likes on social media. Like, well, I, yeah. I think the way that she's writing this you is... You wouldn't post it on social media if you didn't want anybody to like it. I just think it's obvious that she's trying too hard. It's like, why would you say she's 
walking around her own home at dawn, her own quiet house at dawn, searching for things to bring to me at the hospital. Unless you're trying too hard to to paint this, you know. You're laying it on pretty thick. Mental picture for people. You're laying it on pretty thick. I can't. And maybe it did happen. It's a Hallmark movie. That's what it is. Yeah, you're waking up at four in the morning. You're waking up before the sun rises. Oh, my gosh. My friend needs needs underwear. underwear. (laughs) My friend needs well, underwear. I'm, I can't sleep at a time like this. Well, but specifically, this is she goes on later, and I'm and not reading the pants. whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's, again, way too long. But she says, she told me dinner would arrive at 6. She didn't ask if we wanted dinner or needed dinner or would be home for dinner or if we all even liked that kind of dinner. She prepared a meal in tinfoil, walked straight into my frighteningly messy kitchen, and put the dinner in the fridge for when we would eventually get home. This is how you do love. So the whole idea is... You should be doing all of these things. Without like, asking. Without talking without about it. Without needing to ask. Yes. Because you just know, you you just intuit right. what the right. needs are, and, and then you meet those needs. To an extent, I can understand like giving people permission to, to make themselves at home in another person's kitchen while the person is out of town. Like we didn't ask Marla if we could break into her house and vacuum her floors and carpet shampoo while she was in the hospital after giving birth. Marla didn't ask if she could break into our house and put fresh tomatoes from the garden in the yeah. refrigerator. Right. So, okay, if the point is people, when they're close, they just, they get comfortable. They get a certain level of comfort where they're able to just do things for them sure. with or without asking. Because worst case scenario, you don't want the tomatoes and you toss them out. Sure. Or, that's you know. not the that's not the problem. The problem is not the person who's trying to be kind and do good things no. without being told. That's not the issue. No, the problem, the problem is the person defining love as psychic powers. That's the, the problem. Well, that's part, yeah, that's part of the problem. I think the other part of the problem is the passive aggressive nature of yes. the post itself. <laughs> yes which is shame on all of you guys who haven't brought me clean underwear and yoga pants when this person was up at the crack of dawn Mm -hmm. with nothing on her mind except service to me. Well, and again, really, really, really long post. So she accidentally says a couple of things I probably can't agree with. That's the... That's the insidious nature of these posts. They talk so long about so many things and go on so many rabbit trails that people like... We'll share it for one of those paragraphs. Right. Well, it's the same thing people do with people do with sermons or, or yeah. lectures or something like that. It's like, well, he said this. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but he also said nine things that were that straight were up heresy. It's right. like, but he said that we're supposed to love God. Do so you don't think like, we should love God? It's she's like, okay, like, move along. It Here's will some be underwear. It, Take a hike. There's no love recipe, and it will be different for everyone. Okay, I got that. I like that. Probably at least a few of these people shared it just for that line. Sure. But then there's also this line. Check yourself before asking, do you need anything or is there anything I can do? Okay, that contradicts everything else in the previous, doesn't it? No, she's saying don't talk to the person. Just do. Don't talk. Don't ask. Just do. Yeah. Read their mind. Be a psychic. Love means not having to say anything to the right. other person. You just have this ESP going on. Right. And right. so... Well, and the, and the, the other insidious part about that is that that's taken as true and so if you do ask or if you do overlook something if somebody does need something and you don't even know that they need it then what does that mean you don't love them right you're not really a friend you're not really conscious like that's what's so 
that's what's important to remember. We get influenced by things we read and share on social media, even on levels we're not consciously even aware of. Even just 10 seconds at a time when you've been off social media for... No, no, I wasn't. I was only influenced insofar as I went, oh, yeah, I remember how to disagree with absolutely everything that anybody shares that's on why, social that's media. That's my point. I remember. That's my point. But most people don't influenced. do that. Most people don't, most people don't ask questions or wonder how much of what they're reading is true. They just tuck it away somewhere in the back of their brain and it influences them from, from the background. It, right. Like it infiltrates their heart in a way that they right. don't even know it's happening. Right. And so that's what I'm pointing out. I'm like, just Carl, put a pin in this and see if you don't <laughs> notice more and more and more women insisting that what it means to be loved, to love and to be loved is to not have to talk about it, not have to think about, you know, communicating better or more clearly, not working on a team with people, but just but knowing. At the same time, and I mean literally at the same time, don't women love to talk about their feelings yes. and what they can do for each <laughs> at other? At the same time. So isn't this actually sort of counterintuitive? Are, are yes. we actually speaking out against the very nature of womanhood itself well, when the, we say things like this? The post itself is speaking against itself when it spends <laughs> 10,000 words talking about how you, <laughs> you shouldn't don't need have words. to use words to love a person. <laughs> right. 10,000 words to need, say you don't need words. You don't need to ask what should I do or how can I help? Just follow me on Instagram and I will tell you. <laughs> and I'll tell you without saying A anything. novel's worth of information every day. Also, like and subscribe to my channel on YouTube. Like, yeah, there's yeah. A, a lot of, of double, what's the word? It, it's self-defeating. It's silly. It's, well, it's silly. Silly. It's silliness. It's silliness. But that that was just a couple of things that I suppose, <laughs> I, that I noticed in her 10 seconds on social media what i shared with memories. you guys i shared with you yeah with this was, I, this came out of nowhere carl this is what it is to be in a relationship <laughs> any sort of relationship with the peaches it's I'll, like i'll give you just, these articles that will disturb you on a deep level yeah and and out of nowhere i mean there was <laughs> there was absolutely no lead up to this there wasn't like we were having a conversation and this was a continuation of that conversation no just out of the blue bam she hits us with go ahead well i'll tell you where i got him neil shenvey neil shenvey um posted both of these articles this week one of them is from The Atlantic, and it's called A New Way to Be Mad. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is from the, what, from commonsense.news, and that one's called Hurts So Good. Both of these are on the topic of mental health in the United States, well, it's Western culture, um, and how, how uh, psychopathologies have changed over time, like how... How our mental illnesses have evolved to be, according uh, our, to the time and place we're our in. Our twisted mental illness is twisted in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. So specifically, the, the Atlantic one talks about how it's connected to an identity now. Um, mm -hmm. How everything is about identity for us now. And so, of course, when we start referring to a mental illness as part of who we are, then it's it's going to have an effect on us in an even deeper and more complicated way than it would have maybe, you know, 150 years ago. Uh, but it, it also describes in this article something I, I had known before but forgot about, which is that there have been mental illnesses in history that we don't really even see very much anymore. But there have been like epidemics or end, they've been endemic to certain places. 
mental illnesses that have fallen out of vogue. That have, yes, that are not as popular <laughs> not as, as they popular used to be. As they used, to be. used to be schizophrenia was the that was the mental illness. It you was wanted. that was in the eighties and the nineties. You be a schizophrenic man. That was the Cadillac of mental illness. Multiple but now, personalities not were so suddenly much. showing up in a lot of people in the eighties and nineties because they started. To, they theorized that it had to do with childhood trauma. So in the eighties and the nineties, we started cracking down on child abuse, and everybody was talking about child abuse mm-hmm. and child trafficking and. Um, pedophilia. Well, it was you know. cool to be a multiple person, have multiple personalities for a while. Well, it was kind of like a, it like became a thing. what this article talks about, which I find fascinating is that when you give people a language to describe certain symptoms and, you know, a cache of symptoms that it then gives them the ability to basically manifest it in themselves. And that's not to say they don't experience the suffering that goes along with it. They do, but they're trying to figure out why. Why do all of a sudden large groups of people experience the same set of of conditions? Because now they can describe it. Now they have a, both a way to diagnose it, they have language to describe it, right. and um, when they have this theory about where it comes from a person can start to read their own life into right. it like oh and i was so, abused as a child yeah. so and so yeah. th- so the question that starts to roll through your mind is how much of this is actual quote mental illness whatever that means right. and how much of it has been how much of spoken it is, into existence how much of it is religion yeah. it's it, how much of this has been going on literally since you know adam and eve how much of it is created and and the bible talks about the way that we become like our gods um, there's actually a passage now. I can't even remember which book it's in for sure, but it talks, God actually says they kept worshiping these idols. And so I gave them over to <coughs> the idols and the, the idol, there's a part where he like, he allows the prophets of the false gods to speak what's going to happen in the old Testament. He's, there's a part where he's, where God basically lets the the prophets and the idols prophesy for the the people who have gone astray. Mm-hmm. And I, I, when I read that for the first time, I was thinking, gosh, what is going on in our current culture that would be sort of comparable to that? What idols would be speaking today? Yeah. What, what have we decided we're going to worship? And God's like, okay, fine. You can go and worship that thing. And you're going to become right. like that thing. And when it speaks, you're going to hear not my words, but whatever words you have already predetermined to put inside this idol's mouth. And so right. it has sort of a self-fulfilling pro- prophetic characteristic to it. Um, but this is, this is the quote that I shared to you from that particular article from The Atlantic. We shouldn't be surprised when any of these people, healthy or sick, use phrases like becoming myself or I was incomplete or the way I really am now to describe what they feel because that's the language of identity and selfhood which surrounds us it's built into our morality our literature our political philosophy our therapeutic sensibility even pop culture this is the way we talk now this is the way we think this is even the way we sell cars and tennis shoes we talk about self-discovery self-realization self-expression self-actualization self-invention self-knowledge self-betrayal and self-absorption it should be no great revelation that the vocabulary of the self feels like a natural way to describe our longings, our obsessions, and our psychopathologies. Gosh. Self, self, That's self, from self, the Atlantic. Self, self, self. Yeah, that's from the Atlantic in 2000. But I don't know that they would talk like this anymore because... I was going to say, would they even consider it 
There's some things that used to be mental illness that aren't even mental illness anymore. Specifically, this compares self, the whole self-actualization thing to the trans phenomenon and the fact that trans people are suddenly crawling out of the woodwork. And I don't know that they would be allowed to notice that anymore 22 years later. Probably not. They wouldn't be able to mention it in the same article as mental illness. Should I just pause while I tell my children that this is not a circus and I need to kick them outside? Uh, or should I just say take, that? It won't take very long. It won't take yeah. very long. I'll just say. So, yeah, these are the sort of articles that she sends me, again, out of the blue, Carl. Uh, I just get them on my phone. And uh, no explanation, no, no rationale as to why. Uh, but I figured that we would probably be discussing it. What was interesting to, to me was... Uh, like I said earlier, that there are a number of things that used to be quote unquote mental illness 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. Uh, but those, the, even the idea of anything being an illness has sort of, sort of faded away. And we don't talk about illnesses anymore as things that are negative or things that are undesirable. Instead, what we have is people with various conditions uh, or if you want to be at the top of the woke pyramid they are truths and so my my desire to uh, self-harm for example Peaches isn't here she'll probably argue with me about this my desire to self-harm is just my truth it's the way my self is manifesting my reality but it's not an illness per se it's certainly not a condition that needs to be uh fixed because it's just who i am and that is something that is i think ancient i think i I think there's various ways that mankind throughout the ages has been able to rationalize our our sins um but in this present age, it's a, um, we don't talk about mental illness very often anymore. It's very difficult to find something that anybody is doing well, that, that is it's, legitimately it's, categorized. It's more complicated as, than that. It's not, we actually talk about mental illness constantly, but, but we've worked very hard to make mental illness something that's good it's just like well that's what i'm saying that we it's mental illness but it's not something that that you need to feel bad about or right. it's, and it's not something that you should strive to change right it's not something that you should necessarily change and that was what the other article noticed about the difference like that something that, that your illness in a lot of cases is something that you should be looking for a cure for but it's also simultaneously being nurtured mm-hmm. and encouraged. And it's a very Because weird... you can get a lot of likes on social media yeah. if you've got big, big problems right. that you're overcoming. And by overcoming, I mean struggling with all the time right. and posting about Obsessing it. about from morning <laughs> to night. What I, what I mean by overcoming is succumbing completely to it right. and telling everybody about Indulging it. Indulging it. So in Hurts So Good, which is on commonsense.news, um, it's referring to girls who call themselves spoonies. Long, complicated explanation for that. <laughs> they even have subcategories of spoonies. Of so spoonies? If, yeah, because if you like have... forkies and knifeies? No, like if you have a GI tube to you, you feed through your um, stomach instead uh-huh. of through your esophagus, then you're a tubey. And if you have... Um, 
Let's see. What was so a spoonie is the method by which you eat, by which you consume. No, nutrients? actually, spoonie comes from this this saying where a woman said most healthy normie people, normal uh, people, uh-huh. are um, they have an infinite number of spoons from which they can they can feed themselves or serve others. It's metaphoric, not literal. Okay. So they have all of these different resources that they can share with right. themselves and with others. But a sick person only has a limited number only of spoons. Only has a spoon or two. Yeah. You only have one or two spoons. And, and so you have to decide of, where to put oftentimes them. Oftentimes that spoon is like a, is got holes in it. Yeah. Like a spaghetti spoon. Yeah. If you're really lucky, I mean, really in dire straits. Yeah. So this is, this was the quote I sent you from that article. It's pretty long. The article itself was pretty long, but the gist of it is, uh, Cooper, her account had 3,000 followers at its peak. She remembered looking at images from a more popular account with over 10,000 followers and thinking, I was jealous of her. She looked so sick. Cooper coveted the other girl's illness. Oh, my gosh. She had two tubes in her nose. This is a quote. She had two tubes in her nose, and she'd post graphic medical updates and pictures of her body and her pills, Cooper said. She was jealous of the brand sponsorships, too. Her Spoonie Idol, the other girl on Instagram... Uh, promoted salt tablets with vitassium, which can help with the lightheadedness brought on by pots. Other Spoonie products include a vegan leather pill pouch and probiotic-filled snack bars marketed under the slogan, Hot Girls Have IBS. (laughs) Yep. 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 But basically... The problem is, and I've complained about this before, this is not officially comedy, mm-hmm. but it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, basically... Hot from- girls have IBS. I would I would never come up with anything that funny. Basically, her mom took away her phone, and that's how she started to get better. I mean... Interesting. She was having a hard time gaining weight. She did legitimately need a surgery to help with some abdominal pain that she had been having. Okay. Um, but she couldn't get the surgery till she hit a certain weight. Well, she wasn't sick enough to where she had 10,000 followers. That was the problem. She well, needed to be a little sicker. It's, I don't know if you read the article, but it did say, she said she would post, she posted one video on her account that just said, I'm so sick. And it was a thumbnail of her crying and it went bananas. Like it just got all kinds of likes and loves and shares a picture of her smiling Nothing. Would have a hundred of them, yeah. you know, a hundred likes and a yeah. couple of comments. That's the culture we're in now. Mm-hmm. And That's so, the culture we're in. And it doesn't take long. People are smart. It doesn't take long to figure out how to get attention that, right. that you're seeking. Right. And if you're, it doesn't take long at all. You post a picture of yourself bleeding profusely onto the sidewalk and you post a picture of yourself uh, blowing out birthday candles mm-hmm. and whichever one gets the most likes that's the one you're going to do more of right. so be prepared to bleed a lot more mm-hmm. than you eat cake and cry mm-hmm. a lot more um but yeah i basically this this uh came to my attention for two reasons or i guess it it was interesting to me for two reasons the first reason is that I know a little bit about POTS now because of the symptoms that I was Googling not that long ago, just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And there were legitimate physical symptoms that were happening that I was trying to figure out the source of. Right. But I was also aware even then of how easy it is to stumble on these threads, these you know support groups, quote and, unquote. And start making yourself feel a certain way and start being worse for it. Like right. I would, I would go, I don't want to be these people. 
And Cooper, who's the person written about in this article, said that after a few weeks, at first she screamed at her mother and the doctors. They took her phone away, just snatched it right out of her hands. And she screams, you're taking away my only connection with the real world. And these are my only friends and right. I don't have anything else to do. And, you right. know, they're the only ones who understand. So she screams at them. A few weeks later, when she did log back on again, briefly, she reads what they're writing about. And she's like, ugh, and she goes, I don't want to be here. Was I one of these people? Yeah. Was I doing this? Gosh, that's so interesting. Yeah. We were talking, uh, I was talking with a friend yesterday about, not exactly this, but we were talking about where um, thoughts originate and how and how easy it is for people to be uh to be led astray so not even intentionally sometimes but it's just the things that you think about the things specifically that you think are true mm -hmm. um control what you do and how how easy it is for us to believe lies and then once you start believing those lies it's like cooper you just you get really, really upset and anxious when somebody starts to take that lie away from you. And someone right. starts to say, give me your phone because social media is harming you. It's like, how dare you? You're, you get really defensive about the things that are right. actually hurting you. you know, what I think of is the beginning of that video. I don't even remember the whole thing. I just remember the opening of that video where the guy says, you are not your depression. And mm -hmm. then he says, now hold on. Some of you are getting ready to hit, to flame me with the keyboard already. Right. Just hold on. That's what this article is about. It's about how our identity is wrapped up in right. our conditions, right. our, our illnesses. Well, his line that I will never forget is, don't be so quick to protect that which brings you suffering. Right. And he knew just from being on the internet that that was even going to be a possibility. Mm -hmm. But all he wanted to do was kind of differentiate between a person and a, you know, a soul and their symptoms. Right. And he he goes on to describe, it's, I said I don't remember the rest, but I do. It's a really tricky thing to do. He said, it's like the sky or the sun, you know, and then the depression is like the clouds. And they're up there in the same region. And, and you can see the clouds kind of passing in front of the sun, sometimes for days and days and days at a time. Right. But you have to remember that the clouds in the sky are not the exact same thing and that there is still a sky and a sun behind those clouds. And you can treat your depression similarly where you just kind of, watch wait and wait for, for it to move past to part and so he's giving that as a like a advice for how to handle your anxiety and your depression but he knew just by starting out by saying you are not your depression that he was going to have to trigger some people yeah it's going to have well to there fight are with people, people who are who are not even in a place where they can where they can hear that mm -hmm. and uh, i think that's where the scripture describes people who are lost they're bl they're blind and they can't see the sun even when there's no clouds um, right. And those people exist and there's droves of them now. And it's easy to amass a whole tribe of those people around yourself on social media. Internet. Right. Because the internet brings them together. Right. And, and validates and gives them a language. That was the second thing, by the way. I said the first thing that really right. stood out to me was that I recognized how easy it would have been for me to join the Spoonies and become as obsessed. And I knew, right. kind of like Cooper did after taking a quick sabbatical, I did not want to be those people. If you right. take a moment to step outside of that that group and look at them objectively, it's like, ooh, something's not healthy well, about it, this. Well, it validates them, like you said, and it also celebrates them. Oh, Silas is here before I can say number celebrates. two thing. That I, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Silas. Oh, Silas is going to go first. What do you need to say? What? 
He wants to do the dune buggies. Because uh-huh. Timmy and Colin is on their bicycle. Timmy and Colin are on their bicycle? We can do the dune buggies in just a few minutes when I'm done podcasting. We're almost done. Yay! Can you play in the backyard while you Hooray for dune buggies. Okay. So we'll wrap this up. Um, What was your second thing? Well, and so the other thing was the language thing. Like the fact that giving people a way to talk about their illness, the way that to hear them say it, to hear some experts say it, it's like, oh, that's actually good. It's good to be able to give people a way to talk about their illness because these are illnesses that have always existed. It's just that people had to suffer in silence because nobody would take them seriously until we gave them a big medical name. But but theory number two is that actually we are creating illnesses right. that have never existed before right. because we're we're talking about them in a way that actually that, that our brains are very susceptible and suggestible um and and that through the internet we're actually spreading diseases faster yeah, yeah. it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the uh the dandruff commercial or the mosquito repellent commercial where you sh- shows people itching and scratching and, and it's like you, you know there's little bugs itching. everywhere the fleas are in your house and it's like ah oh, now i feel them yep uh yeah well at the we didn't even talk about the people that chop limbs off <laughs> that's in that article carl if you go look it up it's mostly about people who want to be limbless people who want to be well, if not maybe if not completely limbless limb Less. Less. Limbless <laughs> is hard to say, unless you think about it. Uh, but they but they want, like, their arms cut off or their legs cut or off. Or their fingers. Or their fingers. And, and there's no reason for it, except they just want it. And that's what uh, my friend and I were talking about yesterday. It's like, where do those thoughts come from? Mm-hmm. Like, where does that, is that something that comes out of your brain? Is mm. the chemistry in your brain making that happen? Mm-hmm. Or is that coming from somewhere else right. and has... And and has insidious evil. There was even uh, a, intense. There's even a psychologist in there who got arrested for chopping off the healthy limbs of his patients, and he said it took him 18 months to decide to do the first one because he was ethically right. conflicted. But then he decided, you know, uh, counseling doesn't take away the desire for these right. people. I read that, so I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Because counseling, he he was said counseling doesn't doesn't affect them at all right. it's like counseling doesn't help which i thought was a fantastic thing to admit right you know well he had i don't to get in trouble with psychologists i don't know for what i don't know what kind of counseling he was doing though because it makes well, he me, was sawing people's limbs off it makes me want to scream at people yes this is why we need to stop telling people that they that how they feel matters so stinking much because mm-hmm. i tell my kids daily i didn't ask whether you like it i said do this i didn't right. ask whether you want to I said, do that. And right. these but people. But I feel like cutting my fingers off. It's like, well, right. I didn't ask that. Right. And you shouldn't. That's but, a dumb thing to do. But our culture does ask. Our culture right. does put a huge Well, this guy's actually it. doing it because he's, quote, helping them. You right. know, it's, these people are testifying, oh, I feel so much better now that both of my legs are gone. Right. It's like, well, yeah, but we couldn't. Who cares how you feel? Your feelings are mixed up. Right. Because they want it. And people should always get what they want. That's that's where we start in this culture. Don't cut your legs off, Carl. <laughs> Instead, uh, sign up for the FLF conference and uh, and we'll. I have another kid see. here. I has it been an especially? It's been a busy day. Needy day today. It's been a busy day. I feel day. like they want a lot of things. They want the dune buggies. You gotta go. We gotta go ride dune buggies, they want Carl. Snack. So we will. Doesn't uh, matter how you we'll feel. See you next week. Doesn't matter what you want, kids. Doesn't matter if you want a dune buggy. You know what I want. <laughs> Fresh yoga pants. What? <laughs>
I'm surprised that you didn't think of that. Oh, underwear. Well, there was yoga pants too, right? Yeah, there and were. shame on you for not knowing I that. I didn't read that. We talked about the underwear, though. You should have known that I need clean underwear. <laughs> I should have. I'm very bad. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time. Oh,